0: Numbers told the story, they always do. So of those idiots who believe in analytics, this is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSN.
1: Good Tuesday morning tune is a numbers game at V-CIN, the Sports Betting Network VSon.com, the VSN app. Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. All proudly brought to you by BetMGM. It's Gil Alexander, Kelly Bidlin here as well. Good morning, Kelly. There is not enough show. We have so much to get to today. How you doing, man?
2: What was there a big football game last night? Big football think? game last night? I'm glad the Bears figured out that designed quarterback runs were a thing you could do at Justin
1: we, we talked about this when they played the commodes last Thursday night. Like, what are you trying to do, Luke Getze? Stop trying to fit a, it was a square peg into a round, was it round? Yeah, a square pe- peg into a round hole. Yeah. Exactly. Stop doing that. Just go with your personnel. And they did last night. And we said on this show, the one thing is, and I and I did have the Patriots, but we did say, we haven't seen the Patriots when they fall behind. And what would they be like? And there it is, Exhibit A. Bears win it 33 to 14. We got to get into all that, the survivor implications, which are massive. Uh, and then uh, so much more. JVT on the NBA, Mark Borchard, Paul Sporer, uh, their thoughts on the World Series, which is tonight, Kelly. Oh, wait a minute. No, it's tomorrow night. Oh, no, wait a minute. It's the night after tomorrow night. Oh, no, wait a minute. It's Friday. Oh, baseball.
2: You know what? I'm going to say everybody's got to take a step back and look big picture because this stuff happens in the NBA. It does. And you're like, oh, you got to wait a week and a half. Like, baseball actually did a pretty good job with this. It's not their fault that they had two championship series that went four and five games.
1: Is it their fault that it starts on a weekend, though, when it's up against football? Yes, that's their fault. Okay, thank you so much. (laughs) Um, Pete Futak on college football, uh, Borchardt and Sport as we said, on baseball. We will talk about division odds in the National Football League. We, we suggested this yesterday on Guessing Lines that we would talk about it. Uh, all eight divisions. I have isolated one wager, Kelly. One wager out of the eight. You?
2: Uh, there's a couple I okay. like. All right, I'm pretty invested, though, already.
1: Our NFL power rankings, which are just absolutely hilarious one through three, four through seven, and then anybody's best guess. We'll get into that, uh, and Kelly Bidley guessing lines a little later. Don't forget about that, Kelly. For God's sakes, that's going on. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so much so to the get to. In the, West game. <laughs> so much to get to in the NFL, including the Matt Ryan benching. Uh, but let's start with the game last night. Chicago wins it thirty-three to fourteen. They do so as eight, uh, excuse me, eight and a half. Let's call it nine-point dogs. Um, I wouldn't like continue to call this shocking. It wasn't even the most shocking loss of the week, quite frankly. Tampa Bay was a thirteen-point favorite. Um, certainly not the most shocking survivor loss here in in history in the 3-year course of circuit. but the bears get it done 33 to 14 and a lot of quarterback implications now for the patriots let's just take the uh, the the highlights of the game first new england started mac jones was their quarterback 3 and out to begin the game field goal for chicago 3 to nothing patriots get the ball back 3 and out chicago 56 yard touchdown drive fields 3 yard rush for the touchdown 10 to nothing then the ensuing drive second and 10 at the chicago 36 Patriots matriculating. Jones, very poor decision, throws it up for grabs. One-handed pick by Bears rookie Jaquan Brisker. And then Chicago follows up with a three and out, up 10 to nothing. And that's when we see Bailey Zappi warming up. Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky, fourth-round pick. He enters the game, and not only does he step it up over Mac Jones, but, Kelly, it seems like every other player on the Patriots offense got better. They're like, let's start playing. Yeah. Everyone was wide
2: open. Crowds going nuts. Crowds going nuts. Wide receivers making big catches when, when it was like basically the same kind of ball that Mac Jones threw an interception 100%. on. Wide receivers going over the top and grabbing it for 100%. a catch.
1: So true. Zappy, four play, 55-yard drive, including the 30-yard touchdown pass from Zappy to Jacoby Myers. 10-7. to Next drive for the Patriots. Uh, oh, excuse me for the, for the bears and suing drive third and five at midfield, Matthew Judon tips a fields pass picked by miles Bryant zappy to Devontae Parker. That's one of the catches you were talking about one handed grab 43 yards on the first play from scrimmage. First and goal, two plays later, Stevenson from four out 14 to 10 Patriots. And the crowd is going ballistic in new England. You know why? Cause they think they have Tom Brady part two. Yep. They're like, it's happening again. And everybody thought about it last year. We're time. amazing. What a franchise that we've got Brady a second time. And all these people out there are betting Bailey Zappi to win offensive rookie of the year immediately. It went from like <laughs> massive long odds. <laughs> I only saw Will. I was looking at the app. I was like, let me see this mission. <laughs> so it went from 16 to one. This is in the second quarter alone. I only caught it at 16. to one. It's much higher than that before I caught it. 16 to one. By the time the next drive happens eight to one, and then it got all the way down to five to one. Oh my god. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, what happens if the Patriots lose this game? Then what? That's the thought. I'm like, this is you... the this is the definition of a of a bet being chased.
2: Wait, wait, but Gil, you also okay. In that moment there wasn't a part of you that that rolled your eyes a bit and was like, Oh God, this is really gonna happen again for the Patriots. No. Okay.
1: Right. No, because part of me also thought to myself, "Is this really fair to Mac Jones?" Oh, it's which I want to get yeah, to. Yeah, we'll discuss that. Yeah. So that's why I didn't have that thought because I'm like, this doesn't seem exactly fair. And by the way, Belichick telling ESPN it was the plan all along to play both of them. And then when he was pressed on it later, it's it someone for someone intrepid reporter was like, uh, yeah, but what about like three drives? And then the other dude play the rest of the way, if I may paraphrase <laughs> and Belichick, in his you know, normal fashion is like, well, you know, I said they'd both play. So there you go. They both played. Thanks, Bill. Uh, all right, so it's 14-10 Patriots. Chicago, nine-play, 75-yard drive right after that. From Fields to Khalil Herbert for 25 for the uh, go-ahead score on a nice little uh, side-armed pass through traffic, 17-14 to Bears. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. Bears got some fight in them here. They took a punch. They're punching back. New England, third play from scrimmage. And here's where you started to think, oh, boy. All these people betting Bailey Zappy and all over the Patriots tonight. Zappy inside handoff to Jacoby Myers fumble. And you're like, okay. Yep. Ensuing drive for Chicago third and 14 at the new at uh, in new England territory field escapes the rush 20 yards for the first down. Then he fumbles for a loss of 15. Then a nine yards, nine yard fields run Then a 17 yard pass to Darnell Mooney, Darnell Mooney, pardon me. New England does the defensive hold thing, which only harms them right at the end of this uh, first half. New England did the smart thing on defense. Hold everybody when there's only a few ticks of the clock left. So they held, they got flagged, but there's only three seconds left on the clock, so Chicago was forced to kick a field mm-hmm. goal. More teams should do that. More teams should do that. Just, Chicago is up 20-14 to 14 at the half. Good on New England for doing that. Savvy play because it helps prevent the touchdown. Santos, 23-yard field goal. Then opening drive of the second half, 38-yard Cairo Santos field goal. The Bears go up nine. See that, Mike McDaniel? They went up two scores. See what they did? 23-14. to 14. Then New England, three and out. Deflected pass on second down. Roquan Smith, sack on third down. Cairo Santos, 50-yard field goal, 26-14 to 14 with 3.50 left. You're like, this is happening. Three, 3.50 left, third quarter. At that point in the third quarter, Chicago had 107 yards in that frame. New England had minus four. Then New England, a three and out. Pettis, 27-yard punt return. Takes it to the New England 39, eight-play short field drive. Finishing with a Montgomery one-yard run, 33-14. to 14. For all intents and purposes, it was ball game. Bears won all three phases of the game. By the way, how about that urgency by the Patriots when they were down 33 to 14 late? And by urgency, I mean none. No urgency whatsoever. And Zappi got picked by Roquan Smith with 750 left. Then after a Chicago punt, Zappi got picked again by Kyler Gordon in the end. Justin Fields, 13 of 21 for 179, one touchdown, one pick. He was sacked four times, 14 carries for 82 yards and a touchdown. From Mike Renner at Pro Football Focus, Justin Fields had 11 designed runs last night, more than doubling his previous career high of five. The offense looking the best it has all season, in the process wasn't a coincidence. Damn right it wasn't. Luke Getze figured it out. This is what you do with this kind of player.
2: How How is it even possible, though? How has this guy been around for two years now and you've only the most he's ever had is two five design runs in a game?
1: Because Kelly, this is the thing. We've I've said it on this show for five and a half years and on the podcast before that betting door can beating the book. These NFL coaches' egos are so large, in most cases that they don't have the humility to realize or or to have the ability to tailor their X's and O's to their personnel. They believe their system is the way. Marty Schottenheimer, Steve Spurrier, whoever it is, my way is the way, it's the only way to play football. That's why you don't win Super Bowls. Whereas the Shulas and the Gibbs tailored their X's and O's to the personnel they had. They figured it you out finally to. after yeah. Justin Fields. That's what separates the good coaches from the great coaches.
2: So we had, we've had games this year where Justin Fields, you've only let the kids throw it 11 times in a game because you don't you don't trust him to throw the ball, and you didn't design any run packages for him, so you just designed plays for him to hand the ball off, and then when there's nothing open downfield, he takes it off and runs it himself.
1: Malpractice.
2: It, malpractice.
1: Mac Jones, 3 of 6 for 13, no touchdowns, one pick. He was not sacked in his brief stint of three drives. Bailey Zappi, 14 of 22 for 185, one touchdown, two picks, one sack. The Patriots only mustered 12 first downs, only uh, only 260 total yards in this game. They were minus three in turnovers, and they had a 37-14 to 22 minutes and 46 second disadvantage in time of possession. And so I ask you, Kelly Bidlin, because Belichick? Not ready to name his starting quarterback in the aftermath of the blowout loss. Said so the team intended, as I said, to play both Jones and Zappi and form both players the plan leading into the game. With Jones' recovery of a left high ankle sprain, quote, a factor, unquote, in the decision. Pulling Jones after three series, Zappi for the rest of the game. Did he create more of a problem than existed before? Yes. Is the question.
2: Yes. Yes. I agree. Without a doubt. And I mean, look, it's an easy decision. I think it was i I don't really have a problem with him making the switch that he did at the time to going from Jones to Zappy, but what the heck do you do now after Zappy looks great and then looks to, and, and then finishes the game and it's really all not that great of a game
1: Jones couldn't have handled it better kid always says the right thing acts the right way yeah I, you but cr- it's got it but you know it's
2: got to have left a left a mark Let's put I don't it know, that know way. what you do but i i mean you can't. I mean your first round pick from a year ago you can't you can't give up on the kid completely if we're in favor for a quarterback unless this quarterback's taking you to the playoffs and I don't think he is
1: if they fall behind this was our concern they're not built to come from behind yeah. if they're ahead they're a great front runner by the way what should Bailey Zappi's true rookie of the year odds be right now I looked that five and one got back up to seven to one what should they truly be 50 to one I'm gonna say forty to one okay That's what they should be, to me. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, we'll talk uh, about the survivor implications of all of this. And, of course, the Matt Ryan benching in favor of Sam Ellinger in Indianapolis. And baseball with Mark Borcher on the other side as well. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
0: A numbers game on v the Sports Betting Network.
3: It's
1: time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style. You're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. And as Always, if you have a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. Kelly, I have a tennis bet during the show today. You interested in that? Starts, yeah, what you got, man? starts in about uh, 10 minutes. Only one play. It's in Basil. Basel, Switzerland. You ever been to Switzerland, by the way? Uh,
2: Switzerland, I have. Yes, I have been to Switzerland. Have you? I was trying to. Yeah. By the way,
1: numbers game listeners, do not know that you lived a significant amount of time in Russia.
2: Yes, I spent two and a half years uh, living in Russia as a child. Uh, my father worked for Arco Oil. We lived over there, and my uncle at the time was stationed in uh, Munich, Germany. So we uh, often visited that area of the of Europe.
1: Do you speak more languages than just English?
2: Uh, I think at this point in my life, I remember about 20 words in Russian. And then, uh, yeah, it was a year in Venezuela as well. So uh, my Spanish is, it's muy bueno, Gil. It's muy bueno. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Give us one word in Russian. No? Nothing?
2: Okay. Uh, pivo.
1: I is that? I just said beer and then one, two. There you go. That'll get you through. All right. So the tennis pick is uh, Dominic Stefan Stricker. I got him at plus 149 last night. He's plus 143, so it's just you know about six cents less right now. I'll shop around. He's taking on Maxime Cressy. Stricker's number uh, primarily not on the main tour, but uh, he has some wins here of late on the main tour that uh, trigger the bet here for me. So Dominic Stefan Stricker, the numbers are there against Maxime Cressy. He should not be plus 143, let alone plus 149. So that's the play here. It should start in about 10 minutes. So And uh, what major there, you network
2: would this be on? NBC? ABC? Uh,
1: you're lucky <laughs> if it's on Tennis Channel. <laughs> you're lucky if it's on Tennis Channel. TC Plus, though, I'm sure it's on oh, that. yeah. Shout out to Ben Wilson. Let you know about that some, some day soon. Okay, uh, let's talk some baseball. we got to talk more, much more football here with Matt Ryan uh, and some news of the day with injuries and stuff and obviously Survivor. But let's talk some baseball from an undisclosed location somewhere in the desert at BaseWinner, BaseWinner.com. It's Mark Borchard. How you doing, Mark?
4: Gil, I'm doing really good. I, I could I could use a few more uh, championship series games, but uh, yeah. I thought we were I thought we were treated to a really good National League championship series. I thought the the American League championship series was horrible.
1: Well, because the Yankees couldn't score runs. I mean, that's I am told you must score runs to win baseball games. That is something I have learned through the years.
4: It just seemed like the Yankees had, were so good early and they fizzled out late and they just weren't able to kind of get that back. And, and I don't know if the Aaron Judge thing was kind of a net negative for their team because it 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 was just kind of a sideshow for a long time. And I think maybe it, it kind of messed with some of the chemistry. And the bullpen was just a mess. And, and you your bullpen has to be on on par i mean it's got to be on spot on for the playoffs and it it wasn't and uh you know it's disappointing because i wanted to see a a good alcs and i think that that ultimately uh the talent for the yankees is much closer to the astros than we saw Uh, but we sure i i don't know that that series to me was was a blowout those first those first two games were closer uh on the scoreboard in runs, but if you look at the base runs for those first two games, it, they were blowout skill.
1: Yeah. Astro, but the Astros were better than them all year, right? And by the way, congratulations to you because before the season started, the uh, Yankees' season win total was, what, 91, if I recall, 91 and a half, something like that, and you were like, I got them projected at 98. And we laughed. Bam, 99. Um, and that was when they, and that was after sucking, you know, being like a 500 team the rest of the way after that huge start. You're right about the Aaron Judge thing. I think on on the side, well, you know. By the way, the uh, presumptive MVP. I want to congratulate Aaron Judge for tying the uh, the the. For those of you who don't believe that Barry Bonds uh, has the record of 73, which, by the way, you're wrong about. I know you're one of those more. But uh, I want to th- I want to congratulate Aaron Judge for tying Matt Williams' major league baseball record for the most home runs in a 162 game span. Because if people are going to fudge the Bonds thing. I'm going to fudge, you know, a season intact. Matt Williams, who hit 162 homers between September of 1993 and May of 1995 through a strike year. So there you go. We can fudge it any way you want. Um, But uh, he'll be the MVP for sure. I want to ask you about the end of the Phillies Padres series. Because I had the Padres for all the Braves NL East and even the Braves World Series bets that, that I lost. This has been like a 35 to 40 unit haul for me. This is with everything that I that I've lost subsequent and won subsequent to the NL East future. So this has been fabulous for me, any which way you slice it. But I did have the Padres in that NLCS. I couldn't have been more disappointed in, the, in them. And what about what about that sequence at the end of Game Five, the deciding game with Bob Melvin, where he decides first of all Josh Hader never sees the field, never sees the baseball diamond, his his closer, you know, saving Josh Hader for what the seven, eight, and nine hitters. Um, and then does the sacrifice bunt thing with one out, trying to get that run to get back in the game. Were you like in disbelief about either or both of those things?
4: Well, a couple things, Gil, about that game is first of all, I, I don't know why they were continuing to play it. I thought I thought it could have cost the Phillies the game there uh, with with uh, Sir Anthony, who's just been brilliant all postseason, fifty six percent strikeout percentage, fifty seven percent strikeout percentage in the postseason. And he was—he was the ball was slipping out of his hands, and I thought that that was really unfair to both teams to have to continue in that. So I don't know what was going on with that, but the decision-making process to me uh, is a little bit perplexing. i, I don't know, you know, if the—if he's getting that, Melvin's getting it from the front office. I—I know that their front office is well-equipped and and they're probably running models within the game, but I'm not seeing it transferred to Melvin. I don't see him with a. With a uh, a handheld device in his hands, and I'm not seeing. I don't know if the communication. I think that that it brings up an interesting topic. You know, the communication between your analytics department and and the manager uh, in during the game, because I I think that and they're really well staffed there. The Phillies are incredible. The the talent they have in their analytics department. But whether that's getting to the actual decision that's made on the field is, is another question. Um, so I don't know what I don't know what was going on there. I don't know what the reasons were. And um, honestly, like one man right now doing analytics work as a, as a handicapper, I don't think it's my place to say you know what they were what they were doing, what was going on with that organization. So All that's right. kind of my opinion on it.
1: Astros and Phillies starts Friday. Game one, Astros minus 155 favorites for the series, though. They're somewhere in pocket between minus 180 and minus 190. Shop around for this. We're showing minus 190 at DraftKings, but if you like the Astros, you can find a little uh, better of a price elsewhere. Obviously, same case with the Phillies. Uh, Shop around for all these. What is your your general take on the series, the World Series itself, vis-a-vis the uh, series price, and what about game one?
4: Well, I have it in the model. I have it priced at -175 for the Astros. So that wouldn't indicate any value on either side. Um I'm going to play the Phillies here. I, I think that uh, the the Phillies uh, when we talked about the well, analytics you said no,
1: let's just be clear. No value on the series, but you're playing the Phillies in game 1?
4: No, I'm going to play. My model says that there's no value on either side for the series. Okay. I'm going to play the Phillies. I think that there's some intangibles that I honestly can't model myself or, or anybody can. I think that, uh, you know, their, their, their quantitative department is so impressive to me, Gil. And these guys are peaking. Their players are peaking at the right time. So the combination of that, when I don't have uh, – really, lean, it's right in the middle. My pricing is minus 175, which is right in the middle of the spread. Um, I'm gonna look at some intangibles I, and I know i am a, a model based handicapper and priced everything out but i th- I think the Phillies are, are gonna be my play here I'm gonna take them plus 160 in the series gill
1: okay I like that a little intangible for mark Borchard I like when you uh when you go rogue on your model like that and what about game one itself anything there? I
4: think I think the value there is with the Phillies I, you know it's it's priced in the market gill at at minus 170 for the uh, for the Astros, plus 145 coming back the other way. You know, I've got it priced up at minus 139. So a little bit of value uh, for the Phillies, and you might you might be able to shop around and get a better price. You know, I think the Phillies, to me, if if you can get past Verlander, maybe some people are looking at well, Verlander really shut the other team down in his last start because remember uh, that game, the second to last game of the season, uh, he was almost perfect for a, a stretch there. Uh, against the Phillies but in that game the Phillies used their replacement a lot of replacement players because in my opinion I thought it was best in their best interest to lose and apparently they thought the same thing so I think we can we can almost throw that start out that Verlander had Um, and then you know this Sir Anthony Dominguez has been so good that's been kind of the weak link of the bullpen he's been good Alvarado's been pretty good he's got a 41% strikeout percentage over his last 100 plate appearances and, uh, then, uh, you know, Robertson's kind of, he's questionable, but I, I think that they, they can get some, get some use out of him. He's got good experience and I think he's going to be healthy for this series, Gil.
1: And just to be clear, it's Nola versus Verlander. That's the assumption we're going with here. Cause I, it's, it's I've know, got, choppy. Here. I've,
4: I've got Wheeler versus Verlander okay. in the first game, but it, it would actually be a better, if you get Nola. Uh, it's a better price. It, w- it would probably be more value on, on the Phillies. Yeah,
1: because I'm not seeing it definitive necessarily everywhere uh, for Game 1 on on, uh, on Friday.
4: Appreciate. Either way, you're good. Yeah. I think they're going to go Wheeler, though.
1: Okay. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it, man.
4: No problem, Gil. My pleasure.
1: Mark Borchardt. We'll talk to him next week uh, when we're in full swing of the uh, World Series between the Astros and the Phillies. Coming back, Matt Ryan, Survivor. All of that numbers game. Visa the Sports Betting Network.
0: The numbers game on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: Get everything VCN has to offer for the rest of the football season for only ninety-nine United States dollars. Sign up now and get VCN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl, including our Pro Picks daily recap of the top plays made by VCN show hosts and guests. Pro tools like our exclusive betting splits, pro tips. With actionable insights to up your betting game, not just the tips, but more deep-dive daily betting rep, uh, reports on the NBA, NHL, and MLB playoffs, plus our upcoming college basketball, college bowl, and Super Bowl betting guides. Give yourself an edge. Visit com slash subscribe to get your $99 midseason special today. That's VSIN.com. Slash subscribe. And
2: we- if anybody needs the uh, Canadian uh, uh, translation over there, t- tune into Final Countdown today with Matt Brown. That's right, he is. He's still he's still forcing that one through. Is he? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I th- oh, I think he took St- that over to, to Final St- Countdown yeah, with Stormy's, Stormy. Uh, she, she's trying to play along. I think
1: Stormy's like she's like, what she's is like this guy you, doing? Will you stop? <laughs> it's like her thought bubble. Will you stop? <laughs> ben McGovern. We get tweets of beating the book. Ben McGovern. Uh, not sure if you stayed up to watch the bears take a knee on fourth down at the Pats two with 30 seconds left. Yes, yeah, So made me think, oh, I love this tweet made me think of the Pats versus Joe Gibbs blowout game. This is Joe Gibbs 2.0 because trust me, Joe Gibbs 1.0 would have stopped him. Uh, but Joe, yes. he says, no one should ever show Belichick mercy. This is the best tweet of the day. Because that's exactly right. Bill Belichick took the attitude against a legend, a Hall of Famer, that he wishes he was as good a coach as as Joe Gibbs, right? And ran it up. I think it was like fifty-one to nothing. Just came. Oh, they—they got to stop us or whatever. And the Bears knelt, classy, yesterday against Belichick. He deserves no such no such. uh, How can I put this? Care and respect after what he did to others.
2: Fifty-two to seven that game over. Fifty-two
1: to seven. Well, skins did score, I guess. John B., uh, Gil, you mentioned taking into account coaching decisions in the NFL uh, yesterday. Yeah, I was talking about how we handicap these, like, wacky coaching decisions now makes it that much more difficult. He said, did you see Tennessee, this college football now, attempt a Hail Mary up 65-24 to 24 with no play clock and five seconds left in the game. I had the live under and was livid, luckily incomplete. John B., that's a great tweet, too. I, I, I feel your pain. Because you're like, why are you throwing a Hail Mary? You're up 41.
2: What are you doing? Oh man, we're betting on this stuff. Is the is the answer Heisman related? But then, like, what if you get an interception? That, are, that do, only do hurts you, think, you. Do
1: you think there's anybody who's like, well, I wasn't going to give Hennett and Hooker the uh, Heisman, but that <laughs> that that touchdown to go upset you know seventy two to twenty four. But no,
2: Gil, because we and you always talk about this. You got to handicap human beings, right? So yeah. at the end of the year, it's how many people actually just look at their stats and actually saw that play. That's a good
1: point. Show me your Brits. FanDuel dropped Stricker from plus 152 to plus 128 real quick when you gave out that pick. We have that effect with tennis. Uh, let's see. Logic. I three two- forgot the
2: guy's name. I was like, Steve Stricker? What's he doing?
1: Yeah, Steve Stricker now playing <laughs> tennis. Uh, Logic 3227. Here was my biggest bet of the weekend. I bet Texas. Team total over 40 and a half. They scored 31 points in the first half. Only three points the whole second half, and I lose my bet. By the way, we have Pete Futak on later, and that was Dr. Bob's pick, the Texas uh, Longhorns. Yeah. You ever seen a box score like that? Oh, it's wild. Texas had 14 penalties. Do you know how many Oklahoma State had? Zero. (laughs) You ever seen a box score like that in football on any level? No, Never. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Daytime degenerate caught uh, caught my thing during the promo. He said, not just the tip, let's ride. He said, see what you did. I see what you did. Not the degenerate or daytime degenerate. Sorry about that. All right, so NFL news and notes uh, from yesterday. Glad somebody caught it. Uh, Chargers cornerback J.C. Jackson, we mentioned this yesterday on Guessing Lines. When Seattle scored that touchdown um, in the second half, early second half, I think to go back up two scores, if I'm not mistaken, uh, J.C. Jackson came down and you knew it was serious, he is out for the remainder of the season. Torn, dislocated kneecap. Torn patellar tendon was? Oh, dislocated yeah, kneecap. here. I mean, it
2: might have been more mm. than just that because yeah. the tendon's all you know yeah. all right there, but yeah, I saw a kneecap.
1: That was bad. And then Mike Williams, their, their standout wide receiver, out for weeks, not days, according to Brandon Staley. And you, you just think about the Chargers, and you're just like... For all the stuff we talk about, Staley's decisions and the fact that they just don't show up for games has been their history. They also have the worst injury. They, luck.
2: they really do. I, I, they, they really do. We we I don't want to say we don't give them enough credit for that, but that is a hurdle that they seemingly have to deal with every single season. And I, the Chargers just feel like the same franchise for the past 15 years. Yeah. And I was all
1: in on them this offseason. This too. was this was the offseason where I was like, nope, this is I'm coming in on the Chargers finally. Yeah. Uh, The Jets, Jets, who have their own injury concerns, they traded for, I don't know if you saw this yesterday, James Robinson, the Jags, uh, former Jags. I love it. I do too. Former Jags running back James Robinson. I actually had a back and forth with Will Hill about this yesterday. The Jags get a late round draft pick. It's a
2: six that could become a fifth.
1: Six that could become a fifth. Thank you. This after learning that Brees Hall suffered the torn ACL on Sunday, which just makes us all sad. Not only Jets fans, but just football fans that Brees Hall suffered the torn ACL uh, Hall's going to miss the rest of the 2022 season, obviously. So, uh, by the way, the Jets starting right tackle Elijah Vera Tucker. He'll miss the remainder of the 2022 season, also with tri- with a tricep injury. Yeah. So they had two injuries, but they got James Robinson. I like that because James Robinson got buried by Urban Meyer. Yep and he's averaging 4.2 yards a carry this year, which isn't, you know, like knocking anybody's socks off, but I, maybe he's had to split with Etienne, so this could be a good pickup for the
2: Jets. Yeah, he only got, I forget what the number was, but it wasn't many carries in that last game, so I think the Jets saw something there, made a call. I love it. I mean, from a Jets standpoint, yeah, right? I like it. Give your your fan base finally has something to cheer about. Are you, getting, are you getting hosed a bit right now with injuries? Absolutely. But don't let this momentum die down. I love it. You actually have a fan base excited about what your team and franchise is doing. James Robinson is still, I, I think, still a decent running back in this league. Bring him in and give this team a chance to actually make the playoffs.
1: I agree. You're 5-2. and two. Roll with it. Good for them. Um, and then the big news that happened right after the show yesterday, which... Usually is how the news cycle works here. Flatter used to tell me. It's like 12 noon Eastern is actually when the news comes out on a lot of stuff. Yeah, my so second
2: a, show of the day was fun yesterday.
1: Yeah. So the Colts, the Colts, by the way, you want to promo your second show for everybody?
2: Visa big bets. Check it out this afternoon, depending on where you live. 2 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Eastern time. There you go. Okay.
1: Um, want to give some love to the host or anything? You want to do that?
2: Yeah, Dave Ross and them all show. Okay.
1: Just, you know, take the opportunity, man. Um, so the big thing yesterday, the Colts naming Sam Ellinger. As their starting quarterback for the remainder of the season, benching Matt Ryan. This is the day after Frank Reich had uh, really sort of expressed his support, and so clearly, clearly, and I heard like some, you know, mainstream media guys talking about how oh, well Frank Reich. If Frank Reich's given up on you. Then that was a, ah, this is right from ownership. And so let me yeah. ask you this: A, is this ownership trying to tank? In your opinion? B, is this ownership trying to win? in your opinion, or C, is this ownership trying to tank and it's going to backfire, or is this ownership trying to win and it's going to backfire? Like, which, which is, what are they doing? You because, mean win this season? Yeah, because here's the deal. Sam Ellinger, and I bet on him all the time when he was at Texas. Yeah. He was so great to bet on, and he was tough to bet against.
2: I mean, he was there for 30 years. He was
1: there for 30 years. That's correct. So here's the thing. Ellinger, he doesn't feel like he's like, this is our guy, this is our franchise quarterback. Doesn't feel like that to me. Feels like this is a stopgap. But you do get the benefit of not having Matt Ryan dropping the ball all over the field and throwing picks, but really fumbling too. So just by by addition, by that subtraction exists, right? So this probably should make the Colts net better but what do you think ownership is really thinking with that great crop of quarterbacks coming up? Like, I'm not really sure.
2: I I love the move. I love the move. I think that it is not coming from Frank Reich. I think if you've I think if yep. you've listened to Frank Reich talk all this season, he loves him. He is more obsessed with Matt Ryan seemingly than any human being I've ever met. Yeah, like right the, below Carson Wentz obsession,
1: he uh, loved Carson more.
2: The things that he defended this guy post game after terrible games week in and week out. And, and I think it's a little bit to try to justify himself, you know, and what he's doing with that team. I think the front office said, hey, we got to see what, we got to see if we've got anything in Sam Ellinger, who's still young enough, that we got to see this first. Before we cut bait and move on to the draft for next year, and we got to start this franchise over with a young quarterback that has a future, and not start keep bringing in these retreads.
1: Right, but Kelly, this is a three three and one football team. I know who, in effect, because they've lost twice to the Titans. I get that part, right? They've been swept by the Titans already. They're still
2: in a terrible division,
1: though. so they're still so they're in effect two and a half games behind the Titans. Not really one and a half because they got a leapfrog them, but it's still not even the halfway point of the season, and. It's Ellinger, and you want to see what you have in him, but are you saying you're willing to punt on the season, or do you genuinely believe? Let's just say from a betting standpoint, this is all I want to know. Does this make you more inclined to bet Colts any which way, division, um this week against Washington, not
2: futures at all, but maybe in games. Yes. What about
1: this week against Washington? Does it make you want to bet the Colts more?
2: It, it is one that I've looked at more. Yes, and because of Ellinger, he has a little bit more mobility. We talked about a we, lot I mean, more these, mobility. I mean, these offensive line issues that they've had. What the, what what Frank Gregg did say yesterday is absolutely right about the hey we promised him he was going to have a strong running game and yes. an offensive line, and we have not delivered on that. 100%. That part is absolutely true. Yes. So you put in a quarterback that can run around a little bit back then, yeah, I think it gives you a better chance to win.
1: That is really the story of the Colts season. Right, Jonathan Taylor, we were like, oh, he's got an offensive player of the year candidate again, you know, right, because oh, he got snubbed maybe with Cup. Maybe not snubbed, but he, he didn't win it last year, but this is his year. Number one pick in fantasy. They're nothing like they were. Nothing. But we'll see. Colts favored by three over the commodes this weekend. Survivor talk on the other side next.
3: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
2: A
0: numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network.
1: Basketball fans can turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Just place the single first basket score prop bet on any NBA game, and if your bet loses, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Just log into your account, or download the BetMGM app and sign up today, then wager on any player to score the first basket in any NBA game. If your bet misses, you'll get up to $25 back in free bets. Turn game time into show time with BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager new and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi. Mississippi. Nevada, or New York. Skill Alexander. Kelly Bidlin here as well. Hey, uh, Kelly, uh, correction from a couple uh, guys on Twitter, uh, I in the book, uh, letting us know that Hennon Hooker wasn't even in the game at that point for Tennessee. So it was not Heisman-related. Talking about the Hail Mary oh, okay. at the end. Well, yeah. so thanks.
2: Well, that's, hey, that's right on brand for Kelly Bidlin guessing lines coming up. Coming up! <laughs>
1: <laughs> guessing lines. <laughs> Kelly Bidlin. Well, think I all... saw that. though. No. <laughs> thank, thank you to William. Thank you to John B. for the clarification on it. Um... Okay, Survivor yesterday. And here's the thing. We use Circa Survivor 3 as a proxy for all survivors around the country because essentially the percentages left are reflective, generally speaking, of what's going on nationwide. And it has been absolute carnage. Can we show my tweet first, just give it to a little context, guys? So last year, there were 4,080 entries in Circa Survivor 2. Through seven weeks, 1,951 entries were still left. 47.81% were still playing last year. This year, there were 6,133, so more than 2,000 additional entries. 125 2.04% remain after seven weeks. Look at that difference. The current intrinsic value of each of those remaining 125 entries in Circus Survivor 3,
2: $49,064. time to get a little sweaty. You're getting a little sweaty.
1: Can we just shout out Derek Stevens, Mike Palm, Jeffrey Benson, Matt Metcalf, everybody responsible for this or this contest. Specifically, Millions is Great. It's wonderful. We're in that too. But Circus Survivor it's awesome. is your brain on crack. Yeah. It is phenomenal.
2: I think the other biggest thing too, like Gilly, you like you always say it, and yeah, you are one of the biggest Survivor fans I know, obviously. Yep. But it is, is if you're involved in Survivor, and this was my first year actually getting involved in Obsession. it. Obsession. Yes, yes, you become a little bit obsessed with it. But yep. then once someone knows you're in Survivor too. You have that conversation, you know, when you pass by somebody like, "Hey, who do you like this week?" It's yeah. not who do you like this week. It's, "Hey, what you got in Survivor?" What for you this got in Survivor? And it's like, <laughs> like, that's the first question. And,
1: and let me just say this: New England losing last night, completely from a from a from my brain. Now I am totally fine because I would have lost now every which way, even if I had two entries. Right, because I, I went uh, instead of going. Last week, Rams and Chargers, like I had planned, I went Rams and Bucks and lost an entry last week, and then this week, instead of going the Patriots, I decided to go Bucks again. I would have been gone every which way now. Even if I had two entries heading into this week, I would have had the Bucks and the Pats. I'd have been gone every way. So mentally now, I'm fine with all of it. Now, from a week-to-week basis on Circus Survivor, Circus Survivor 3 this year, it's also interesting to go back the first seven weeks and see what percentage sloughed off every week. Because essentially with Survivor, the attrition rate, it ought to be about 28% to be precise. I I said 30% just to round it up. But it's really about 28% every week ought to, on average, be knocked out of Survivor. Well, look at this this year, Kelly. The first week, 56.22%. Then 25% plus in week two. Then near 23% in week three then 21.16% in week 4. So 3 weeks there that were, you know, around the number you'd see, around the number yeah. you'd see. But still we never had the 5% week, right? And then the last three weeks, 41.24% of the remaining 1222 in week five, 468 percent of the remaining seven eighteen last week, and this week the most carnage of them all the
2: bloodbath.
1: With only 382 left, 67.28% knocked out, 257 of 382 to leave 125. There has never been a survivor year like this. And let me just let me just say this for those of us, and I'm not just talking about the three-year arc of Circa Survivor. For those of us who have played Survivor for the greater part of our adult lives, I've been playing Survivor for two decades. It used to be, Kelly, that it was none. When you had a seven-point favorite or an eight-point favorite in Survivor, you could count on it getting through. You could count on it. It was nothing at the beginning of a Survivor year to say to your fellow Survivor players, you think you can get through the whole year. And inevitably there was exceptions. There were some years where it didn't happen, but there were a lot of years where you could get through the whole year. It was, it was not that outlandish. Yeah. Two years ago, <clears throat> pardon me, as, as recently as two years ago, <clears throat> those of us who were in the original circus survivor it was 1300 plus entries at the time. Many people got to the end. They split a whole pot. Everybody got like $60,000 The people who got to the end. I got knocked out in week 14. Because remember, that was the year you could pick on the Jets and you could pick on the yeah, Jags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, tons of people got to the end. That's two years ago. Literally in two years. We have gotten to the point now in Survivor. And I believe, like, so the question is is this the outlier? Is this the exception or is this the rule? I think it's the rule now. I think you, so, too. You, but the notion of getting through this, let alone the fact that Circa has added the Thanksgiving and the Christmas thing the last two years, you got to be kidding me. Now, will it be this much carnage this quickly? Maybe not quite. But the notion of getting through a survivor from, from the beginning of the year to the end now is ridiculous to even think about. I mean, it,
2: it's it's the NFL, right? And I'm sorry, but if you if you got eliminated this week... Or or if you're or if you're talking crap back at home right now, you cannot tell me entering this past weekend in the NFL that the Bucks and the Patriots were not the most obvious plays in the world. <laughs> I know it is easy to say after the fact. Yeah. But no, ahead of time, no, come on. Are.
1: No, they they totally were. Listen, the Patriots. Wait,
2: we sat here and we were like, "Hey, could one of these two lose?" Absolutely. But, like, you weren't concerned about both of them
1: going down. Listen, the reason that I didn't pick the Patriots is because I knew they would be the number one pick team because there was no other real place to pick the Patriots better than this one. So I, as a result, went to the Bucks, And the Bucs were the biggest favorite. Like, the Patriots was not the most shocking loss of the yeah. week, even. Not even not even close. The Bucs was. And the, the point spread tells us that. But again, like two years ago, lost on the Rams in week 14 as a home 17-point favorite, Kelly. So last night was just nothing. That was just child's play last night. But this is how it is now where you have no idea where – this is less strategy now than it is a minefield. Now, of these remaining 125 entries, and I'm not talking about – so now some people had 30 entries, Kelly, right, because they were doing it in other people's names. Mm. Some people had 20 entries. We know someone who had 20 entries. There are some people who had their six max. By the way, I started with five this year. There were some people that had their six max, and then they got crapped out. Now they bought into other people's, and they're like, look, I'm still in Survivor. No, you're not. You're not playing for the same prize. But you're, yeah, you're yeah. still in it, but it's not the same thing. There's one dude who has six entries. He played at Kosher. He started with six entries, and he played one pick on those six entries every single week including this week where he put them all on the Raiders.
2: Oh, man.
1: He's him sports, and he's going to be on the show tomorrow. Love it. He's going to be on the show tomorrow, and we're going to ask him, was this his strategy from before the season that he said, I'm going to adhere to this? I will adhere to this strategy the rest of the way. And more importantly, is he going to decide to himself, I am going to adhere to this strategy moving forward? Because if you've got six entries with 6,133 to begin with, that's one thing. But if you have six entries left with 125 total entries, meaning you have literally 5%, basically, of the remaining entries yourself, are you really going to play all of them with one team now? Because now your real built-in advantage... Is, is the play a You Can it play multiple teams, but maybe he doesn't feel that way. Listen, he's gotten he's gotten one week further than I have, so I'm not going to tell him uh, what to do. Yeah, I don't know, we'll talk to him I tomorrow. Mean the,
2: I mean, if these are the only six he bought in with, and he got this far, it's incredible.
1: Like, I mean, it's like it's so funny. I used to play. I'll, I'll call out a uh, Rufus and. uh and Jeff, I'll call it Rufus Peabody. Rufus Peabody, I hope he's on the Megapod. He's scheduled to be on the Megapod this year. But Rufus, I remember there was a Survivor. This is way before VEASAN. This is like six, seven years ago. And I was really far into Survivor. And he was like late in the season. He goes, here's who you should pick. Who's here who you should pick? And I said to him, I go, was it me who got this far or you? I'm curious. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, if, just for a second. If I, I thought Because the way you're talking, it sounds like you got this far, right? Like, So you can't do that either in Survivor. What we think optimally is the best strategy you can't really say to somebody who's gotten as far as he has
2: one week further than you have. So man, I, good I on him. Love him. I love him. That, that, that man be gambling. I love he, gambling. He
1: be gambling.
2: All six on the Raiders this week. Let's go.
1: Crusher of Sports. Bobby's his day. Bobby will be on the show Bobby, tomorrow, so I can't wait go. to have him on. And uh, I defer to Bobby, whatever he wants to do. But I really appreciate him uh, coming on the show, so we look forward to that. By the way, uh, not only Bobby tomorrow, Odds Jam fellas on tomorrow on the show. Uh, on the numbers game, and then Mina Kimes on Friday, Kelly. Yeah, big week, big on week. show. All right, we still have to get to Kelly's guessing lines on college football and division odds in the NFL. But why don't we talk some baseball with Paul Sporer on the other side first? We'll do that next right here on a numbers game at Beast of the Sports Medi Network.